Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Ramadan Mubarak to you and yours. This Ramadan, as we all gather to share a meal with our loved ones, we need to remember those in Gaza who are also gathering to share a meal with so many who aren't there that were just there a year ago. Since October the 7th, the Human Development Fund has assisted over 200,000 people in Gaza, providing them with essential aid such as food baskets, water, hot meals, winter items, shelter, hygiene kits, and baby formula. Your generous contributions are making a significant impact, especially in Rafah. Let's sustain this momentum and continue providing crucial support during this sacred and blessed month. Please visit hdfund.org slash qalam. That's hdfund.org slash qalam, Q-A-L-A-M, to learn more about our global reach this Ramadan and choose where you'd like to direct your support during this blessed month. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this month a time of mercy, solace, acceptance, and triumph for the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may Allah continue to use all of us as a means and never replace us. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are inshallah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salaman ala ibadih ladhin astafa khususan ala sayyidi rusuli wa khatam il anbiya wa ala alihi laskiya wa ashabihi latqiya amma ba'd During the khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu an the Muslims were blessed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with victory over the great Persian empire when the spoils of war were delivered to Medina Munawwara, it was something like they had never seen before. Piles and piles like a mountain of treasures. They say regarding the caravan that was bringing the spoils of war from Persia to Medina Munawwara, that one part of the caravan would be in one city and the other part of the caravan would be in the city behind it. 
such a large caravan. When the caravan arrived in Medina Munawwara, Umar was seen walking around the pile of the spoils of war and he was crying. And someone said to him, today is a day of joy, why are you crying? We've never seen this much money before. So Umar said, Medina Munawwara will never be the same again. The days of simplicity, the days of struggle, the days that made the people here what they are, are now gone. Now we enter into a new phase of life. That as wealth arrives in the lives of people, so does hatred and animosity. Among these spoils of war were certain maidens, and three of them specifically were the daughters of the Persian emperor. One of the companions said to Umar that they come from a royal family and Rasulullah taught us to treat people of dignity with honor. So Umar then turned to these three women and said to them that I give you permission to marry any of the companions that you want considering they're willing to. So one of them went on to enter into the relationship of Abdullah bin Umar The second one entered into the marriage of Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. And the third one entered into the marriage of Hussein bin Abi Talib Hussein had multiple wives, but this particular wife of his was someone very special. Because it was through this wife that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with a child. And the lineage that connects to Hussein all sprawls out from this one child. The other children, the lineage does not go to them. To this one child is where all the lineage comes out from. Imam Dhahabi quotes a statement. He says that before people had seen the great honor that this child of Hussein had, people would generally frown upon children that were born through concubines or slave girls or people that had come from some form of slavery. They would frown upon it, that this is not a pure lineage. It was a thing that was cooked into their mind. But when they saw this child, not only did it change, everyone desired exactly that. That maybe Barakah comes from here. Because the child was so righteous. His name, Hussein named him after his own father, and he called him Ali ibn Hussein. Ali radiallahu an, rahimahullah, here I'm talking about the, the great grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ali ibn Hussein, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he grew up in Medina Munawwara with the companions. The historians say that his mother passed away soon after giving birth, so he didn't have much time with his own mother. But Medina Munawwara embraced him. Wherever he went, people honored him and respected him because of his lineage and connection with Rasulullah For some people, that level of royalty fogs their mind and prevents them from reaching their potential. In Urdu, we have a saying for this, that if you place a candle in a dark room, the whole room lights up. The only part of the room that remains dark is immediately under the candle. Those that are closest to you 
can be the ones that are deprived of your greatness. And now everyone is calling him the great grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Extra respect and so much love, rightfully so. That didn't stop him. He understood that his value was actually based off of what he made of himself. What he invested in his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What he gained from the knowledge of those great giants that were still living in Medina Munawwara. So he sought knowledge from them and became someone that was known for his piety and righteousness. He worshipped so much. He worshipped so much that, the, that his name became Zainul Abidin. People didn't even know his name. If you said Ali ibn Hussein, who's that? But if you said Zainul Abidin, everyone was like, oh, I know that guy. Because Zainul Abidin means the beauty of the worshippers. He was the crown of all the worshippers. How much he worshipped Allah. He was a man of great heart. People would be doing wudu. If you looked at him doing wudu, it was a sight to see because he wasn't just washing his limbs. He would be in tears and crying in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while doing wudu. You would see people praying salah. They would be standing with their hands tied. But if you looked at him, he would be shaking and trembling in every one of his salahs. When it was time for hajj, people would be saying labbaik, Allahumma labbaik. On the other hand, his students say that when Zayn al-Abideen rahimahullah ta'ala said labbaik, as he put his ihram on, he fell unconscious. Then when he gained consciousness, someone asked him, why did you fall when you said labbaik? He said, I feared that what if Allah says to me, la labbaik, that your labbaik is not accepted. There is no labbaik for you. Your call that I am here, O oh Allah, it's meaningless. The man was connected. His heart was connected to his ibadah. He was one that would give charity to people and people had no idea where the charity came from. And when he passed away, the food that they found, the fuqara found every day sitting waiting for them was no longer there. And at that point, it became clear that the one that was actually providing for them and giving this food every day was none other than the great grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the historians mention he was actually present during the massacre of Karbala. And he lived on from that. And seeing his family members one by one being butchered, he lived on because that day when the massacre of Karbala took place, as Hussein was being martyred, he was ill that day. And the Umayyads spared the women and those that were sick and did not come out to the battle. So he was one of the survivors of what actually happened. And this weighed very heavy on him. But yet that didn't stop him from being the great giant that he was. His connection with the Quran was something very special. The Mufassirun share a story that one time he was performing wudu. And while performing his wudu, the servant that was pouring water accidentally let go of the container and the water spilled everywhere and the container broke. Naturally, he was a little frustrated. So he looked at the servant with, you know, like with some, with sharp eyes. So the servant in that moment read an ayah of the Quran. Allah has special rahmah on those who swallow their anger. I mean, I look at this person before we move forward. Because when we are frustrated and we are angry and someone quotes an ayah of the Qur'an, 
Unfortunately, many of us would dismiss that ayah of the Qur'an. We would get angry at that person, maybe swing a hand or two. But look at the temperament of the companions that no matter where they were emotionally, when an ayah of the Qur'an was cited, it all just went away. Because they understood that that took priority over everything. Allah said, His Messenger said, it trumped everything in existence. So when he heard her read the ayah, وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْثِ He then looked away and swallowed his anger. She was intelligent. So she read the next part of the ayah, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ Allah also says, those who forgive, He loves them too. So then he said to her, I forgive you. And then she finished the ayah off. Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. Allah loves those that express and live a life of excellence. So then he said to her, I set you free. You are no longer in my possession. Go, live your life. How these people have loyalty to the Quran. One time, a great scholar by the name of Ta'us bin Kaysan, rahimahullahu ta'ala, he was doing tawaf around the Kaaba and he saw. Zainul Abidin Ali ibn Hussein radiallahu rahimahullah for him and radiallahu an for Hussein radiallahu an. He saw him holding on to the Kaaba and crying and he was crying excessively. So Ta'us rahimahullah he stood there looking at this scene. This man who resembled the Prophet of Allah who carried the blood of the Prophet of Allah who was righteous and known for being ahead of everyone else when it came to ibadah. They called him Zainul Abidin. But he's crying like this. So when Zayn al-Abidin finished his crying, Ta'us then approached him and said, I saw you crying. And I just want to say to you, there are three things that are specific to you that make you special. And there is nothing for you to worry about in this world or the hereafter. So Zayn al-Abidin said, what are these three things? To that Ta'us said, the first thing is your lineage to the Prophet of Allah. The second thing is your grandfather Ali was a special guy as well. He will intercede on your behalf on the Day of Judgment. The third thing is the general mercy of Allah that applies to all believers. And what about you, this great worshiper? So Zain al-Abideen rahimahullah ta'ala responded to him. And he said, the three things that you said are true, but they are of no good to me in the hereafter. Amal as for the first one, you said my lineage to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Regarding that, Allah azza wa jal says in the Quran, فَإِذَا نُفِخَ فِي الصُّورِ فَلَا أَنْسَابَ بَيْنَهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذٍ وَلَا يَتَسَأَلُونَ That on the day of judgment, Lineage will be washed away. Now a person will stand with their own deeds. The Prophet ﷺ in one narration said, O Fatima, I will not be able to protect you on the Day of Judgment. Every person must build their own deeds, build your own a'mal, build your individual relationship with Allah. Having a father or grandfather that was once upon a time a scholar back home does not change who you are. Having the Sayyid lineage, if you are someone that claims lineage to the Prophet ﷺ, is actually a claim against you. You have to live by a higher standard. 
having the name Muhammad that is used to refer to you is a greater responsibility because every time you are called, the name of the Prophet is mentioned. Islam is remembered in that moment. As for the second thing, my grandfather that you mentioned and his intercession for me, Allah Azza wa Jal says in Surah Al-Anbiya, that they will not be allowed to intercede on behalf of one another unless Allah approves it. If Allah approves it, then yes. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not approve it, then simply him being my grandfather won't help me. As for the third thing that you mentioned, the mercy of Allah, regarding that, Allah Azza wa Jal says, I need to earn that rahmah of Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is close to those who live a life of ihsan. He was a man of great character. One time his cousin, Hassan ibn al-Hassan, had a dispute with his cousin, with Zain al-Abidin. So he showed up to Zain al-Abidin, and as they were going back and forward, he kind of cussed his cousin out. Hassan ibn al-Hassan said some really rough things to Zain al-Abidin. There was nothing left to say. Everything that was in my heart, I said. Zain al-Abideen stood there quietly and did not say a word. This is ilm. This is taqwa. This is love for Allah. This is what Islam does to a person. This is how you know someone is actually worth the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That here he's in an argument and the other person is speaking away. Hassan ibn Hassan says, I left. When it was the hours of the night, in the hours of the night, someone showed up at my door and was knocking. So I went to see who it was, and then at the door was standing Zainul Abidin, my cousin. So I knew that it was him, and he came to say his piece. That I'm going to open the door, he's going to give it to me. When I opened the door, he said to me, Ya akhi, in kunta sadiqan fi ma qulta li, faghafarallahu li. If everything you said earlier today was true, then I ask Allah to forgive me. Wa in kunta ghayra sadiqin, faghafarallahu lak. And if you push the boundaries today and said things that were not true, then I'm making dua to Allah that He forgives you. Assalamu alaikum. And he left. Hassan ibn Hassan says, I was so ashamed in that moment and so broken by how his response was so prophetic that I ran after him. And he said, I will never do something that upsets you again. Zain al Abidin said, I pardon you for what you said to me too. He lived a beautiful life of 50, 58 years and was remembered by the scholars of his time and his departure from this world was a sore and pain for the Ummah. There are some beautiful lines of poetry attributed to him, um, some more authentic than others. I would really love to share some lines of poetry, but due to time restrictions, if Allah wills, maybe another day we'll uh, share them with you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevate his maqam and allow us to learn from these great giants, the great grandson of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-Imam 
Ali ibn al-Husayn bin Ali bin Abi Talib. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.